There's a pervasive belief that China's economy overtaking the US in the coming decades is inevitability. This belief's dominant not just in markets, but in policy-making circles in DC, Beijing, and beyond. It's not a question of if, but about when. But is it inevitable? I'm joined by Mark Williams, Capital Economics Chief Asia Economist, and Mark and his team take a very different view to the consensus. Mark, I will straight out ask you, will China overtake the US? Not on our forecast, it won't, David. Uh, we think that China's economy will continue to catch up with the US economy in size measured at market exchange rates over the next decade or so. But at the same time, its growth will be slowing uh, so that in about 10 years time, it's growing no faster than the US. And in fact, we think that there's a reasonable chance that its growth may have dipped below US growth at that point. Uh, and so China's economy will get pretty close to the US economy in size, but not overtake it. Uh, and then the demographics are are really very poor for the middle of this century for China. Its economy, its, its population will be falling uh, substantially. So if China doesn't overtake the US by the early 2030s, it probably never will. Can you talk a bit more about the, the demographic headwinds that China is facing? Is this the key to your argument? Well, there are two parts to, to our argument. One part is what we're seeing with this slowdown in productivity growth in China that we expect to continue. And the other part is the headwinds from demographics, which are really extremely severe. So up until quite recently, the consensus expectation, one that was voiced by the uh, UN, for example, was that China's population will continue growing until around 2030. But as of this year, those forecasts have been changed and it now looks like China's population may already have peaked. Its working age population is already in decline and will continue to decline for the next few uh, decades. So when we think about the comparison with the US, the US has a higher fertility rate, more kids being born. Uh, it also has much higher immigration uh, than China. So the working population in the US, we think will continue to grow over the next few decades. In China, it will continue to fall. So other things equal, that means that China's economy will shrink relative to the US economy. Now, other things won't be entirely equal. And for the time being, China is helped by having faster productivity growth than the US. But if that productivity growth fails, then China's hopes of overtaking the US will fail as well. So why can't China just reform its way out of this dilemma to counter that demographic drag you talked about? Well, we uh, know I've... from the experience of other countries that turning around demographic trends is extremely difficult. And in fact, there aren't really any good examples of countries that have successfully lifted fertility rates once they've fallen as low as, as China's. Often China's low birth rate is pinned on the one-child policy, but the one-child policy essentially was ended a few years ago. And since then, the number of children being born has fallen. So just as we've seen in, in places like Taiwan and Korea and Japan, once the norm has, has settled uh, of having small families, it turns out to be extremely difficult to turn that around. Governments can do some things. They can uh, make childcare cheaper and, and more accessible, for example, but that tends just to uh, stabilize a low birth rate, but it doesn't turn it around. And we're now talking towards the end of what has been a particularly gruesome year for China's economy. To what extent have the near-term problems that we've seen in 2022 and last year as well, to what extent have they influenced your long-term thinking 
about China's position? Well, we think that it was clear a few years ago that China's growth rate was at slowing and that the outlook was worse than most people expected. So we published a piece in 2018 with the title of The Coming Slowdown in China, in which we forecast that China's growth would drop to about 2% in the year 2030. Now, that forecast hasn't changed at all, despite all the ups and downs of the past couple of years. What has happened, I think, is that the events of the past couple of years have focused a lot of attention on some of the weaknesses in China's growth model that were previously overlooked. So there had been a sense that China's policymakers were extremely competent, that they'd overseen decades of very rapid growth, and that it was reasonable to assume that that could continue. But I think there's a there's a wider understanding now that actually China's policy makers can be inflexible. They can make bad decisions, as we've seen with zero COVID, uh, and they're not uh, infallible at all. At the same time, the crackdowns that we've seen on private sector companies in China have again focused awareness on the fact that the leadership under Xi Jinping is much more focused on a state-led model of growth and, and more than I think perhaps outside observers had been conscious of a few years ago. Now, as I say, I think the evidence for these things was already there, uh, but, but it's very much front and center stage. We've also been arguing for some time that China's very investment heavy model of growth was running into the buffers and couldn't continue. Investment growth has been one of the big drivers of China's growth over the past 20 years. Uh, but I think it was fairly clear that that was running out of steam. And we're seeing that play out right now in the form of the property crisis. Uh, again, this was on the cards, but now it's undeniable. So it just sounds like the market is, is catching up to, to your view. But I have to ask, why does it matter which economy is number one? How isn't this just a parlor game for political economists? Well, it's certainly not the only thing that, that matters. I mean, we might care, depending on the question we're asking, we may care more about what's happening to per capita incomes uh, in different countries. And, and as it happens on our forecasts, we still see per capita incomes in China rising relative to those in the US for the next few uh, decades. So people in China will be getting better off, we think. Uh, even as the economy is failing to overtake the US. We might care more about the carbon intensity, for example, of the two sides' growth. So it very much depends on what question we're, we're asking. But it is certainly the case that the relative size of these two superpowers will determine the shape of the global economy in 30 years' time. It will, for example, make a big difference to the ability of the US to maintain its position globally? Will countries in East Asia like Japan, Korea, Southeast Asia, will they look to the US as a guarantor of their security or will they start to look to China? It will determine the role that China and the US play in global institutions and that gives them a lot of say over setting the rules for the rest of the world. And it will shape the global economy uh, in many ways. We can think, for example, of the Belt and Road Initiative uh, that Xi Jinping has been pushing as an attempt to export China's investment-heavy state-led model of growth to other economies. The extent to which it can continue to do that will be determined by China's overall economic size. Similarly, on the US side, we've seen clear moves to try to make sure that the leading technological companies of the future are US companies. The, the Biden administration has taken some quite aggressive steps to stop Chinese companies from catching up and overtaking in terms of semiconductors, AI, and so on. 
Will it succeed with these measures? Well, a large part of the answer will come down to how successful the two sides are in growing their economies over the next 20 or 30 years. So the, the, the way that the world looks in 2050 will be shaped to a very significant degree by whether or not China overtakes the US, as a lot of people still believe it will, or whether the US remains on top.